We've heard enough about Caitlin Clark. It's time to put some respect on Mackenzie Holmes' name. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another post-game episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Another ranked team for the Hoosiers, another blowout victory led by McKenzie Holmes. The stats behind this Indiana season are phenomenal. And McKenzie Holmes specifically in the last week, uh, it's hard to really, I guess, put into words just how good she's been. Against number 13 Ohio State, number 12 Michigan this week, she scored 60 points. She was far more efficient against Ohio State than she was on Thursday against Michigan. And against Michigan, she shot a measly 50%. So it is just unbelievable what she's doing. I'm going to try to look it up. I might have this next week. Her stats against top 25 teams this year, just kind of game by game, the averages, Everything like that, because it's truly unbelievable what her and this Indiana team do every time they come up against a tough challenge. On paper, that's what Thursday represented. It very easily could have been a trap game. You have a game against Purdue that you know is sold out that could be for a share of the Big Ten title on the horizon on Sunday. You got to get through Michigan first, but this IU uh, women's team never falters. I said this on Wednesday's episode as we were moaning and groaning about the end of the IU Northwestern game and how IU let one get away and that was a winnable game. That Those things just don't happen with the women's team. There is no letting one get away. There is no overlooking. There is no emotional hangover. There is no trap game. Every single night, this team comes out and performs at the highest level and makes games that should be tricky look easy. On Thursday, Michigan coming in averaging 77 points per game. One of the best offenses in the Big Ten, in the country. 52 points. IU wins 68 to 52. Michigan shoots 39.6% from the field. They have 21 turnovers. They were rattled all night long. Shout out to Maddie Nolan for Michigan. I don't typically single people out. She got teed up. Michigan had some fair complaints in general when she got teed up. The specific play she was complaining about was not one of them, but it was a it was a technical that I felt was probably uh they deserved to to earn one. They they had they should have felt aggrieved. But down 14 points, she turned to the IU student section and blew them a kiss as they as she walked off the court after being called for a technical foul. So the IU student section booed her the rest of the night 
loudly, including when she airballed a three-pointer. Uh, touche. Uh, good shot. I, I don't know that I would have done that, and it didn't work for her. She had eight points on 11 shots. But that was just kind of indicative of the entire night. Leah Brown, I would argue possibly the best non Caitlin Clark guard the Hoosiers are going to come up against this season. It's either her, Makaira Cook. Leah Brown is very, very good. Chloe Moore McNeil just absolute clamps on her. Leah Brown finishes with nine points on nine shots. She had, I want to say it was 31 in the game in Michigan. Nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, four turnovers, was a minus 20 in 38 minutes. Chloe Moore McNeil was the one on her pretty much the whole night. Um, There were some other people that stepped in, but I mean, Chloe played 34 minutes. So there was very little time where she was not the main person on uh, Leah Brown and just took her out of the game, entirely took her out of the game, their best player. One of the best players in the conference, possibly all Big Ten worthy. It was just a non-factor for the whole night, which is just how special this IU team can be. They can just look at whoever your best player is and say, nah, you're not you're not doing anything tonight. And they haven't. I mean, Caitlin Clark's the only one that's kind of done that. She wasn't efficient by any means, and IU won the game. Makaira Cook did it earlier in the year in... Bloomington and damn near won Illinois the game, but when they went back to Illinois, it absolutely was not, she was not a factor in that. So IU moves to 25 and one again, some of these stats, you can say them, but it doesn't feel real. IU is 25 and one. They are 15 and one on the season. Phrase it this way. Cause they said this on the broadcast and I just hadn't thought of it like this. IU has not lost a basketball game this season when Grace Berger has played. Simple as that. Their one loss came to Michigan State when Grace wasn't there. When Grace Berger is healthy, IU is undefeated this season. I think she missed about eight games, so you're looking at 18-0, somewhere around there. I don't have the exact math, but with Grace Berger healthy, they have not lost a game. There have been some really good teams that they've played during that stretch, too. That is not some cupcake schedule. They have dominated with uh grace Berger healthy and again thursday the latest example of that if you look at the big 10 standings iu is this close to a big 10 title they are now a game and a half up on iowa if they win on sunday i haven't seen anybody officially confirm this but i'm pretty sure this is still how the tiebreakers work as far as i know If they win on Sunday, they clinch a share of the Big Ten title, which is uh, something special. And if Iowa loses it, they play Nebraska, a team that they struggled with earlier in the season. If IU loses at Nebraska, IU can win the Big Ten title outright on Sunday. Uh, I did see Seth Tao, who's been on the show before. Hoosiers can clinch at least a share of the Big Ten title. I just needed to make sure that they can do that. It it, it was mainly if their tiebreakers were still the same. So they're game and a half up on Iowa. Beat Purdue in front of a sold-out crowd. You get a share of the Big Ten title. They're 9-0 and against AP Top 25 teams now. This team is special, magical, um, just a, a ton of fun to watch. 
They also clinched a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, uh, which means they're they're guaranteed to finish top four. So that <laughs> little bit, I mean, it, it kind of goes by without really thinking much about it. IU didn't do that last year. They had to go. They had to win four games in four days or play four games in four days to get to the Big Ten title game. So you can take ideally one less one less game off of that and possibly still play for a Big Ten title. Impressive season led again by Mackenzie Holmes. Let's talk about her. Let's ma- continue to make that case for her as Big Ten Player of the Year. We'll do that here in just a moment. Let's talk about FanDuel, the sponsor of today's episode. It is the midway point of the NBA season. All-star break is this weekend. It's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back for your first bet if it does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day or your first watch uh, on YouTube after every single game. Make sure you guys check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. They have big name experts, insiders, coaches, players. All that available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Man, Mackenzie Holmes, she's spent an entire season making excellent play look easy. Um, Excellence should not be as easy as Mackenzie Holmes has made it look. 27 points against the number 12 team in the country, and it wasn't even your best performance of the weekend. Or of the week, excuse me, because she dropped 33 points against number 13 Ohio State earlier in the week. It's it, You really just kind of run out of superlatives for her. She's shooting at an unbelievable clip. Um, she, <laughs> she has not shot under 50% from the field. Barely got there today. Uh... IU, like, one little knock on them, they were 19 of 34 on layups. Like, a game they won by 16 points. They left a ton of points at the rim. McKenzie kind of struggled. IU didn't play very well offensively in the second half. <laughs> I say that, and they shot 55%. They It could have been a lot more. It, if They left a lot of easy baskets at the rim between Grace and McKenzie, two people you expect to make it. <laughs> feels weird to say that. I mean, they scored 26 points uh, in the second half, and that's with playing um, the bench in the fourth quarter, and it could have been much more. Uh, but McKenzie, not counting tonight, 22.5 points on 69.8% shooting, 7.5 rebounds, time and time again, dominating the toughest competition 
playing her best basketball for the best team in the Big Ten, arguably the best conference in the country. I don't know what else you need to be in the Big Ten Player of the Year race. I was modest when I made this title that you guys clicked on. I thought about putting it that she belongs in the National Player of the Year conversation. She does, but that's much more of a debate because Aaliyah Boston's really damn good. She is. She should very firmly be in the Big Ten Player of the Year race. I would argue it probably should be hers, her title right now because she had a very good game against Iowa. I was going to say she outplayed Caitlin Clark. It depends. It's up for debate, but she had a very good game against Iowa, their biggest game of the season, and she keeps doing this. 60 points against the number 12 and number 13 teams in the country. What, three days apart? That's obscene. It it should not feel as normal as it does with McKenzie Holmes. But this IU team has made, again, excellence the norm for this season. It's it's unreal what Holmes is doing. It's unreal what Indiana's doing. Hopefully the national audience will get a better look at this. They announced on Thursday that college game day would be in Iowa for the IU-Iowa game at the end of the season. There's a good shot, if things play out right, that IU's at least going to have a, a share of the Big Ten title. And if Iowa slips up this weekend, they could have it outright. Or if Iowa slips up before then, they could have it outright. I hope that IU gets the flowers it deserves in that college game day. We've voiced our kind of thoughts on how uh, women's basketball is covered, especially in the Big Ten, especially when it comes to Caitlin Clark. She is a fantastic player, perfectly fine player. Mackenzie Holmes is every bit as good as her, maybe better. This season, I think you could you could pretty easily make an argument she's the best player in the Big Ten. I hope she gets the credit she deserves on college game day. I hope they do not spend the majority of that talking only about Caitlin Clark. Because there's a good chance Iowa won't even be playing for a Big Ten title in that game, which would be terrific as an IU fan. I would love if they sent game day to Iowa and IU has a Big Ten title wrapped up. I love it in general because it's exposure for women's college basketball. And I mean, these are two very fantastic teams. So it was a fun matchup the first time. The games last year were all close, even if IU lost them. So I'm glad they sent college game day to this contest. I just hope it ends well and it is handled well. Chloe Moore McNeil, we talked a bit about her. Hats off to her. 13 points, second leading score, 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. She hit two or three of those threes in the third quarter alone, I believe. Hit two of those threes in the third quarter. uh, Kind of in, I don't know if it's specifically back-to-back possessions, but in a sequence there. We talk a ton about kind of her defensive work, and she's just the unheralded superstar of this team. Whether it's... If you if you guys watch the the broadcast, you'll hear every broadcast that she, had Terry Morin called her the MVP when Grace Berger was out. She was. It's just kind of one of those things where if you constantly watch, you're kind of tired of hearing it. She carried IU in a lot of regards when Grace Berger was out. Grace is back. She kind of slipped back into this glue player role 
that she is just brilliant at tonight. They needed her to score a little bit more on top of defending one of the best players in the conference. Other nights, she's a playmaker. She only had three assists tonight. Other nights, she is a rebound. Whatever IU needs her to be on any given night, she will do it. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, team best plus 22 in 34 minutes. I don't have the full season stats when it comes to plus minuses, but I would go a long way in betting that Chloe Moore McNeil is probably, she is, I just pulled it up. Plus minus, she is highest on the team, 431. Second is Sydney Parrish at 412, Gerzon at 411. So by some margin, she is the best player on the team in terms of plus minus. I it's, That's kind of a flawed stat plus minus, but I also think in this scenario, it speaks to the importance Chloe Moore McNeil has on this team when she's on the floor. Another brilliant game from her. Grace Berger struggled to shoot the ball, two of 10, five points. Uh, again, she was one of them that kind of left some shots at the rim. couple pull-up mid-range jumpers were off. Just some small things, not a t- not much to worry about. Still had six assists, five rebounds, uh, played 35 minutes. I want to give a hat tip to Lily Meister. We talk about her from time to time, and I don't think stats ever really show the impact she has on the floor. They do tonight because she had seven points, three rebounds, an assist, a fat or uh, a block. Or excuse me, a steal, not a block. Only played six minutes, but she she has these spot minutes that comes in. It's typically to give Mackenzie Holmes a break, and she finds a way to excel in those. In that third quarter, she took a little dump off pass from Grace Berger for a layup. And then ran a little two-man action with Sarah Scalia. She gets a three that misses short. Meister gets the rebound, spins, puts it back up with a foul. She had a bucket in the second quarter that was kind of similar to her first one where she just was roaming the baseline, made herself open. Uh, Berger found her with a dump-off pass right before the shot clock buzzer. She is a freshman who her it's spot minutes again. But you can see kind of the 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 beginnings of something, of someone who could make a really big impact on this team down the line. Mackenzie Holmes has another season, but Meister, I think, is going to be right there ready to kind of take fill in her footsteps by the time Holmes is gone. Thankfully, it's not going to be for a while. But uh, great night from her. I just wanted to highlight her performance. IU plays Purdue on Sunday. We've mentioned it a couple times. It's sold out. I hope you have your tickets already. I will be there. If you're not, be sure to tune in. It is on uh, Big Ten Network, I am almost certain, uh, as I am trying to pull it up frantically. But uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be um, a game for – it will be on Big Ten Network. At noon, a game that IU can clinch a share of the Big Ten title. That atmosphere is going to be amazing. Good chance it's a sellout crowd. I mean, they're out of tickets. It's just a matter of if everyone shows up. So that should be a blast. Be sure you tune into that. Before Sunday's game, the men's team has a game on Saturday. Let's talk about that. What's in store for the men's team as they look to bounce back from a loss. We'll do that here in just a moment. Men's team. uh, What makes... 
Wednesday's loss even more frustrating now? I did our show on Monday asking, is IU back in the Big Ten title race? I was met with a very authoritative no from the YouTube comments, from Twitter. I was just laying out a scenario in which if IU kept winning and if um, if Purdue slipped up, that they um, IU had a shot. I say all that because for everyone that watched uh, IU uh, or Purdue beforehand, Purdue slipped up again because IU lost. They're now Northwestern is the team that is one loss behind Purdue and not Indiana. So if Indiana had won last night, as I record this and Purdue lost, it wouldn't be as simple as their X number of games back, but um, I, you'd be one loss back with a game still against them. So that one is, that one stings. That one is going to be, that was IU shot, uh, putting some real pressure on Purdue. Purdue is crumbling right now. This is not a, this is not locked on Boilermakers though. Let's talk about IU. They will, uh, host Illinois on Saturday, a chance to get things right once again, uh, it is at noon, and it will be on ESPN. It is a quick turnaround. Uh, that was a late game that they played on Wednesday. I just don't know the reason for having such a quick turnaround. Even just the game can be on Saturday all the same, but why not play it at 6 o'clock? Why play it at noon? Uh, I can only imagine when IU got back from that game, even if it was a shorter trip from Evanston. Just... I don't know, kind of those silly things. Maybe there is a legitimate reason, but whatever. A noon tip-off always feels like a really weird tip time uh, for a game. IU obviously beat Illinois in Illinois with those really bizarre and dumb chant sheets. Uh, Since that game, Illinois won. They beat Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska, three of the worst teams in the Big Ten. They then lost to Iowa on the road by two. They beat Rutgers, which is impressive. Uh, IU did it, but that's a tough team. They beat them at home, and then beat Penn State, or excuse me, lost to Penn State uh, on the road. So they're four and two since that game. Three of those coming against the bottom of the Big Ten. They, if just kind of a brief look at the statistics. Uh, they are a team that, um, I mean, you guys probably remember them. They're actually one of the better teams in terms of scoring inside and stopping teams from scoring inside. I am <laughs> fascinated to see what Brad Underwood does defensively against Trace Jackson Davis because last game he just decided to single cover him, and that was one of the dumbest decisions I've seen in some time. I'd be fine if he wanted to do it again. Can't imagine why he'd want to. Trace had a historical night that night and was the reason I won the game handily. Uh, I don't imagine he thinks it's going to go any better the second time around. But I hopefully, Dane Danger was not much of a problem for Trace the first time around. So I don't, unless they really reviewed the tape and found out something, I do not imagine he's single covering uh, Trace in this one. Illinois is abysmal. 
shooting three-pointers. 28.9% from three, and yet they're fourth in the uh, conference in attempts. They are going to hoist away, and they do not make them. Kind of plays into IU's game plan of kind of forcing teams into bad shots. A three-pointer is a bad shot for Illinois this season, so we'll see if they get hot in Assembly Hall or if they uh, continue to struggle. Matthew Mayer is the only player on the roster who's like an average three-point shooter. He's shooting 37.2%. Terrence Shannon is 32%, and then really nobody else is of any note. Sky Clark is not even on the team anymore. Uh, everybody else is sub 30%. So it's just not a team that makes threes. Hopefully that trend continues on Saturday. If you look at the Big Ten standings, IU is probably playing for a double buy at this point, which is still, I mean, it's still a mess in the middle of the Big Ten. Illinois is a half game behind them. Uh, heading into this one. So this is an important game in that regards. IU is 9-6 and six in the conference. Illinois is 8-6. Put some distance, get some tiebreakers, all that type of stuff uh, for this. But I would imagine at this point that is what uh, Indiana is playing for is the double bye, finishing with a top four seed, and just trying to kind of strengthen the middle of that resume it wasn't like Thursday or Wednesday was a bad loss. It was just a frustrating loss. That's a good Northwestern team that they lost to. Uh, it's a tournament team, and it's a game that's classified as an A game on Ken Palm. This is a B game. Uh, Illinois has slipped a little bit, but still on the edge of the ranking. So this will be a... An interesting test for the Hoosiers. Ken Palm has them as a four-point favorite, but a 63% chance of winning. I feel pretty confident about this one. This isn't a team that should cause many matchup problems for IU. They tend to play with a lot more urgency, passion, uh, all that type of intangible stuff at home, as a team tends to do. So, assuming Assembly Hall is rocking as it should be, I think this is going to be a um, a fun one and the potential for this one to to be a bit of a blowout. Uh, IU handled them in Illinois. It could be a fun one, hopefully on Sunday. This could be a really fun weekend for the Hoosiers, both on the men's and women's side. Thanks for making us your first listen. We'll be back. We won't have a live show Sunday. Again, I'll be in Assembly Hall. So I'm not going live from there. We'll be back on Monday recapping the, the results from the weekend. Make sure you guys check out Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade, Andy Pat, and the experts bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. They have the big name experts, the coaches, the players, everything throughout the basketball landscape. So Locked On College Basketball, available wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe, whether uh, whatever app you're listening to or over at YouTube to join in on these live streams. Most importantly, though, guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Let's go Hoosiers. Let's pick up a couple of big wins. And as always, LEO.